I don't want to grow up. I want things to stay the way they are. Can't stop time, Wendy. Whether you like it or not. Did it. I don't think that's a bug. She is a fairy. Are you Peter Pan? Were you expecting someone else? Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. It's a new movie. From a man on the Mount Rushmore, the Mam Mount Rushmore of directors, David Lowry. This one comes to us via the OTT service of Disney Plus. It's Peter Pan and Wendy. The topic of discussion on this week's Mam. I'm Kent, joined by co-hosts Richard and Brian. Brian, how many times has Coop watched Super Mario and or Dungeons and Dragons in the past three weeks? So watched Super Mario is quite a few times, uh, thanks to the high seas. Uh, we had, you know, he had his tenth birthday last week. We did a birthday party on uh, on Saturday. Ten years old, by the way. That makes me feel very happy old. birthday, Coop. Side note, uh, yeah, big yeah, listener, Coop. Slightly younger than the podcast. Slightly Can you tell Coop barely. to stop sending us uh, one star reviews, though? Yeah, he's that'd be nice. He's not happy about the way you guys talked about Sonic too. Uh, he's not <laughs> not gonna let that not gonna let that slide. Uh, yeah, we had uh, he wanted to have a video game party. My wife, you guys know, super party person, like loves to plan a gathering and a party. Uh, takes it just way too far. Usually, just kind of hmm. over the top. But also, this is like a very very stressful time of life right now for for her and for us work and and uh other stuff and uh that that she's dealing with 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 our like uh church stuff. anyway regardless i was like i'm gonna help you i'm gonna save some time with this i'm just gonna get a video game truck because uh, that's what he wants to do he wants to play video games with his friends I'm like i'll just get a video game truck park it in front of the house it'll be fine uh that's like $500 an hour. I was like, okay, I can't, wow. I can't pull that off, man. It was so much more expensive than I was prepared. Uh, what to, about going to, to what's it called? A uh, cidercade? Yeah. I thought about doing something like that or even just like main event, whatever we ended up settling on. It ended up being fine. We like talked him into kind of reducing the guest list down to like eight or 10 kids. And I just put every, every TV in the house. I parked in the living room. So there was like a five screen setup. And, and y'all just plugged in a bunch of systems. Yeah, we borrowed a bunch of, yeah. we borrowed everybody's Nintendo party, Switches, man. basically. That's, so they could all play, style. yeah, so they could all play Mario Kart at the same time. They could all play, you know, whatever, Mario Deluxe, things like that. Went really well, but I, I, I did. I started the party with, I was like, all right, everybody's coming in. I'm going to put Super Mario Brothers on the screen. And uh, it was, it was quite a big hit. All the kids were walking around singing, quote unquote, singing the Peaches song. So, you know, it was, Love it. it was a good time. It was a good time. We got a bunch of big movies coming out still. Guardians 3, the much anticipated uh, Guardians 3. I guess the end of the Guardians coming out this weekend. And then the Indiana Jones movie is getting a lot of hype. I saw Steven Spielberg commented on that. So 
We'll have a review of that coming out on the main feed here too. We're talking all-time bad movies on the VIP feed this year, and we have what could be the worst comedy of all time, (laughs) Ishtar, as the topic of conversation this week at the VIP. So make sure you're subscribed for that at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Great way to get more episodes from us and great way to support the show. Make sure that we keep doing podcasts. Guys, I got to admit, this was uh, one of the most anticipated, if not the most anticipated Disney remakes for me. Loved Peter Pan growing up. Probably the most watched, rewatched VHS besides the Star Wars trilogy. Really? In my household was the original Peter Pan. Probably, okay. I don't know, if, 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 if Plex or streaming had been a thing and you looked like, how many times have I watched this in the past yeah. Three Your years, Spotify it would have been like it would have been like six hundred ninety-five. It was like mm-hmm. no, it was like an everyday. <laughs> I wake up and put on Peter Pan type of thing mm-hmm. from when I was one yeah. until five, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right, and then then when Hook came out, I mean, just took it. <laughs> I mean, that was the most hyped moment of, of all time, which I we talked about in the VIP on that on that throwback episode. But man, I was so high on Peter Pan as a kid. This was kind of before the Disney Renaissance truly hit. In the 90s, mm-hmm. this is like late 80s. And so the only Disney movies to latch on to were A, the ones that they would release on VHS because they would keep them in the Disney vault. Remember that whole drama? We can, mm-hmm. That's a topic for another day, Brian. Yeah. But yeah. Peter Pan was one of those. And that one and Robin Hood, the original Robin Hood, were the ones that I just attached to the most from those. Maybe it's the, because they were the most boyish. I don't know. If that was the case, the, the adventure aspect was higher in those, but uh, was super in on this one. Brian, were you anticipating Peter Pan and Wendy? And where do you fall on Peter Pan in general? I got to be honest with you. I was only anticipating this because of the director. Um, I like I liked Peter Pan fine. It was Robin Hood was my go to uh, of all the Disney movies. Mm-hmm. And uh Still is to this day. That's it's it's the number one. I love I love Robin Hood. Um, Peter Peter Pan's a classic. I love Hook. Uh, your adult critics, you can suck it. I I I was so upset to discover that adults hated Hook. Uh, I think Hook rules, and I'm gonna stick to that because I was eight when it came out, and that was just like a perfect movie. Uh, and your Facebook friends with Rashawn Hammond. So. <laughs> Those two <laughs> things. Too. That's true. That's true. I mean, I've got the Rufio back tat. I mean, it's it's a lifestyle <laughs> that I live over here, and I'm I'm all about it, all about it. Um, the, the deal to me with with Peter Pan is just like, okay, we've kind of done this, right? Like, how many? I get the public domain and all that stuff. Yeah, we got to like, stop with the public domain adaptation. Same with Pinocchio. Falls yeah. in the same category. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where I actually think public domain is a bad thing. Uh, Cinderella, think, yeah. Yeah, I think we got to... Just wait till Mickey Mouse gets in the public domain next year, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I think we got to... Beatles well, is going to yeah. be brutal too, because yeah. every movie is going to be yeah. just Beatles scored to death. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I, maybe we don't want to get too far into it. I hope Disney wins all those lawsuits. I genuinely do. I know that that's <laughs> bad. Like, that's super con- c- capitalism of me, but uh, I don't want I don't want this. I, I want to... I think that there's... <laughs> Maybe there's a reason for copyright laws. I don't know, but you mentioned that when Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey was my number. I can't one stand last that year. stuff. I hate it so much. I hate that it exists. I it's it's 
Honestly, like, it's total it's a, violation to me of like what public domain is supposed to be. Like, yes, it's domain. a violation. The law needs to be updated. To it's be a total violation, <laughs> but also like kind of a hack. Like like these dudes are oh, making yeah. these movies yeah. for like 10 grand and they're just calling yeah. them crazy things oh, and they're making so right. much money. Yeah. I think it's kind of genius. Like I'm yeah. kind of jealous I didn't come up with that idea. <laughs> Guys, let's make the dumbest Winnie the Pooh horror movie because yeah. it's public domain. Like I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah, I didn't look up public domain, and we can we can figure something out. I'm pretty sure it fifty uh, x its budget made hundred yeah. k. It cost hundred k and made five point two million. Good yeah. for yes. So there you go. Reese Frank Waterfield. So I think there's a room for stuff like maybe niche stuff like that. That's kind of a bit in and of itself, but. We got to stop make trying to make the Jungle Book movies, guys. You know, like yeah. the, these yeah, big. Got to be an end at some point. Uh, <laughs> we have to stop. Yeah. So that's that's my deal with Peter Pan. It's it. I kind of forgotten any details about this movie when I when I turned it on uh, last night, and I saw Jude Law pop up as as Captain Hook. I was like, hasn't Jude Law already played Captain Hook in a? <laughs> movie like it really took me a while to figure out that was Hugh Jackman I oh think. that was Hugh Jackman okay yeah. all right so it wasn't Jude Law but no I mean I know that this this is not like Peter Pan has not been overdone nearly as much as Pinocchio has uh but it's in that same group to me I just we did it like the Disney versions is fine to to good maybe very good I love Hook if you don't love Hook that's you're wrong but that's okay um <laughs> We could just leave it there, right? Like we don't need any any more when you add in the dozen or so mm-hmm. mainstream attempts that have been done over over the last thirty years or whatever. Remember so, the one that had clocks really predominant in the trailer? Yeah, yeah. With the, the I think that might have that been was the Pan. Jackman one, but yeah, I don't that was the sure. one that. Yeah, no didn't one. Joe Wright do that one, or is that another one that he, the most boring director in, on the planet? I think uh, I think Pan was the only real. Attempt at like redoing Peter Pan. I think I've seen way. them all. That's Joe Wright. I, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know the. It's it's it, it's the real life version of Dylan McDermott. No, the, uh, the only other Dermot one was was, Sadly, Wind, was Wendy. One. The one that guy the guy did uh, Beast of the Southern Wild did. That's that's another one you're thinking. I about. didn't even see that one because that was right around. I think that's the only one I haven't seen because that was that was right at the beginning of the pandemic, right? I think I don't know. Everything is yes running together anymore um, that's the 2015 one but the clocks one is from peter pan 2003 because i remember okay. it was on the trailer was on um there's a 2003 one yeah because every time i would see ghostly pirates of the caribbean which was like four times because i was 15 that was a thing <laughs> not I joking do. i had no idea this existed until yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. moment <laughs> Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. That the whole trailer was just the entire song of Clocks with <laughs> yeah. Peter Pan footage. Yeah, what was it's a music video? Basically, you know, the one of the ones that yeah. was super prominent growing up for me was the stage play with like Julie Andrews. Yeah, Peter yeah, yeah. Peter. That was a who huge was it? Julie Andrews house too. Yeah, somebody. I so. Yeah, I think so. That's Gosh. who what I have it remembered remembered as is is Julie Andrews. So, uh, yeah, maybe we've both been uh, Mandela effect. Affected, but uh, that's yes. what I remember as well. So. Well, I mean, I was like four when when I was watching these things. So I sure. don't don't. I probably need to go back and rewatch that, and it'll explain a lot of things on how I yeah. <laughs> how I grew how I ended up. <laughs> well, uh, Richard, what are your thoughts on on Peter Pan before we dive into this film? I'm like a perfect hy- hybrid of the two of you in that I too loved the Disney one as a kid. 
um, probably more you're in my age versus Brian who's probably a little older for it, but like little mermaid and Peter Pan were my jams and on, you know, the big white puffy box VHSs. I think they were the only two I owned a uh, big player hook. I was too young for, but still saw, but it scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a kid, I remember being terrified of it. Um, saw it later on. And then it was like kind of too late. I think if you see it too late, it's like, eh. the, and then the myriad different, versions that have happened at different times throughout the last 30 years. So, so my point is I'm, I'm very much into Peter Pan as a property, but I'm also like Kent, but I'm, I'm Peter panned out like Brian. So, um, right, right there with you. Yeah. I think what intrigued me the most about this one was the director and yeah, I'm in on, on, okay, we can do Peter Pan again. If we have a, a fresh take on it, a new approach on it. If the approach isn't let's just remake Peter Pan, I think I'm on board. Mm-hmm. And I think David Lowry's track record with Disney alone and the way Pete's Dragon was received. And Pete's Dragon actually made money, Brian, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, it, it it made money. It didn't make a ton, but yeah, it did well for success. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, as soon as that one was done, they're like, okay, what else you got? And started working on this one and worked on this script for a long time before they felt like it was in a place that they could do it mainly because of how racist the first one was. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, okay, if we do an adaptation of this, uh, true to Disney fans or what they would expect this to be, how can we make it not racist? So Mm -hmm. that was a lot of the work. And, um, you know, obviously trying to, stay faithful to that Disney film, but also do something new and different with the story and characters and all that stuff. So there's a lot of thought put into this delayed by the pandemic, eventually got around to it by the time they did essentially Disney's entire strategy had changed on how they do things, how they release things. This one disappointed me as being a Disney plus streaming only because Mm. I was like, man, these flying scenes would have been awesome in a theater. Would have loved to see that. So I just thought the scale of this one was made for a big screen. But I felt like this one really, really could have uh, been served better by being on a big screen. Having said that, let's dig into the review here. What I liked about it was how it took inspiration from the original Peter Pan in the design Mm -hmm. of the characters without fully going in on we're just doing those characters. Like some of the costuming was the same, uh, you know, essentially the look and of like, they took the animation and said, let's just cast people that kind of look like this, <laughs> which I thought was kind of, especially for John and Michael, the two kids, I was like, this is like super eerie. How <laughs> like basically true to life of how I would have imagined this to be <laughs> if it was live action as a child. And weirdly, Jim Gaffigan as Mr. Smee looked like the cartoon <laughs> perfectly. Maybe that's why he got cast in that role. But I thought that was uh, that was pretty dead on. I liked that. Like, okay, what? Let, let's let's take a look at the original Peter Pan, the one that we all grew up on. What can we take away from that into this new one? And I think the design uh, of the basically of those characters, right? It's, it's seeped into our, our being, our subconscious at night, right? Of, of how we view what we want those characters to be. So I thought leaning into that 
instead of going the the Hugh Jackman pan way where it's like, all right, we're bringing in a production designer and look at these crazy cool costumes and look how like I th- felt like they had good costumes, but it was fil- still inspired by the original, but mm. it wasn't like the uh, Dumbo movie where it was just fully doing the original. <laughs> so I thought the cross the cross section between the Lowryism and the Disneyism I loved in this uh, mm. aesthetically. Now, as as for the movie itself, good, not great, right? I think that's how I feel about it. I thought there were some great moments. To your point earlier, Brian, I'm not sure if it was a miscast, but I just, something about Jude Law didn't work for me as Captain Hook. I thought he was good. But yeah. I don't know if like somebody else could have been better. I don't know if he was inspired too much by, oddly, Dustin Hoffman's performance in Hook. Or mm. on the kind of energy he brought to that. But uh, I don't know. I just wanted something more from that character. And maybe if we had gotten that, it would have really taken this uh, to a new le- new level. But mm-hmm. uh, what I liked about this was it was a completely new, fresh take on a Disney property. And um, had some real genuine heart and soul put into it. <laughs> this was mm-hmm. not a cash grab. This wasn't a an assembly line movie. And you can see that and feel that in it. I felt that. I don't know if you guys did. But uh, mm. I think like visual effects wise, there's some stuff that doesn't work quite as well. And maybe that's to, has to do with, okay, this is going to be Disney Plus. So we're not giving you the money to quite do these as good as they could be. I thought story wise, how they laid it out. I thought the script was nice. And I thought aesthetically this thing uh, was really pretty. Just super pretty. Uh, mm. What about you, Brian? Yeah, this was uh this was a this is kind of an odd one in within David Lowry's filmography, I feel like at this point. It's it's and he's not a super prolific director. Uh he's still pretty young in his career, so you know, whatever. That's that's part of maybe in maybe in five or ten years this won't feel like an outlier to me. Uh it kind of felt like it was made with about 80% effort, if I'm being honest. I think that the I think the aesthetic is kind of cool. I I I'm with you, Ken. I, I thought it was a fun sort of adapting the um the Disney version of this, what is it like 1953 or something like that? Trying to adapt that version while also sort of incorporating in theory like some of the book, but really I think more just like the dozens of interpretations of that book yeah. to this point, you know, kind of kind of glomming those things together was an interesting deal. I liked I liked a lot of the set design. I thought a lot I I thought a lot of the visual effects were pretty solid. Um, I thought the crocodile but, scene was really well done. That visual yeah, effects was sure, really well done. For sure. I thought the the thing visually effects wise that didn't work to me was Tinkerbell in general. Yeah, Tinkerbell as a whole was kind of um a little yeah. bit a little bit off in this one. Um, you know, I, I love David Lowry and I'm, I'm going to be excited for his next film. Even if I hated this, which I don't, it, it would not make me unexcited for whatever he's going to do next. I think that he's, he is somebody who is capable of making a masterpiece at some point. I think he's, a, he's an incredibly talented director. It did just feel a little bit like, this is sort of a pandemic project. And uh, yeah. sometimes that's that some of those have, t- have turned out. Okay. have turned out. Well, this one felt like maybe half, maybe 80% effort is unfair, but like, it didn't feel like as inspired as I was hoping that David, what David Lowry would bring to this, this story wasn't, 
wasn't all there for me, unfortunately. And I, so, you know, there's some stuff that I, that I thought was cool. I, I, I'm with you in that it wasn't just, I'm really glad that it wasn't just like basically a shot for shot minus one scene remake of the, the 53 or whatever Disney animated movie. Um, adding some different story elements was cool. I like the crocodile scene. Like you mentioned the, the concept of, of, uh, you know, Captain Hook and, and Pan having, spoiler alert, having a, relation, a pr- prior relationship. Yeah. yeah. But that was cool. I don't know if that's in the book or, or not. I don't, I, if I've read the book, it was so long ago. I don't remember. I thought some of that stuff was really, was really nice and, and added to the story. It just wasn't a, it just wasn't a wholehearted movie the way that I expect from, from David Lowry. And, but also to be honest, like I think two out of the four, kid cast members were not good and that always that hurts the hurts the vibe i'd love to talk about jude law too but um i thought i look i thought ever anderson uh who plays wendy was 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 very good or or at least at least good um and Alyssa uh wapatonic i'm probably i probably butchered that really bad wapanatak was as tiger i thought she had a really great presence she's not in the movie very much but i thought she had really good presence you know tinkerbell i didn't think was so good and it's unfortunate especially i never like dunking on kid actors especially not not so good from from peter pan not not a lot of stage presence and charisma from that kid unfortunately and that's it's kind of hard to have uh it's kind of hard to get a good movie when the title the titular character is just kind of a bland um and not a great performance you know if he wasn't that great imagine being David Lowry, and we yeah. know <laughs> his aesthetic, like what he looks for. Sure, that's the best kid he could find. You yeah, know what I'm saying I mean, like ima- imagine the 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 links that they went to just to find him. Right. No, I mean for sure it's it's a. I'm watching just spoiler alert for my for my weekly recommend. I've been I've been watching um, this show on Netflix called Sweet Tooth. The second season just dropped for that. Uh, Forte was in the pilot last a couple of years ago and stuff. Yeah. And the kid in that, um, his name's Christian Convery, is really good and uh, and plays this character really well. And so I binged a couple episodes of the last night. I turned the movie on. I watched. I watched the end of the basketball game. I watched like the last half of an episode of Sweet Tooth that I was binging, and then I popped on Peter Pan and Wendy and. I was just like, gosh, this kid is so bad compared to the the kid in the show that I think is really good. And maybe that didn't help, but I just, the, your movie, if it's, if it's got a bunch, and I'll turn it over to you, Richard. I know I've been ranting forever, but like, if your movie is based around child actors, the child actors have to be good. And you are, it's a risky play because so many of them just aren't good because they're kids. And that's the way it goes sometimes. But this one in particular, I mean, well, we can dunk on uh, we can dunk on Tinkerbell because she's thirty three or twenty three and went to Harvard. So okay, not okay, <laughs> okay. Wrecked, not good. To be fair to her, not put in a very good position. I think Peter no. Pan put in a good position. Not a good actor, or at least just he's a kid. Um, the Tinkerbell that was the wor- I felt like that was the worst part of the story. That was the worst part. That was yeah. Was, the, was the, the, the use of that. The how how do we get Tinkerbell involved? I. I mean, there are some payoff moments with, you know, fairy dust and things like that, which we can get to. I mean, spoiler alert for a 53-year-old. Yeah, film, you know, what are we going to do? Um, yeah. 
the uh, you know walking the plank, the 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 payoff there with the ferry. Like there's some use for Tinkerbell, but like, dude, Tinkerbell's the most marketable, recognizable character in this movie. <laughs> like you've got to have something bigger, better for that. I I think. And yeah, to me Character that was a disappointment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, just in general, just overall, all around character design wise, yeah. But just all around needed to be uh, needed to be done better. Uh, what did we think of the way the pirate ship and the pirate stuff was done? Because I thought the setup was pretty rough. Like, let's get to Neverland was pretty rough. But once they get there, and Captain Hook is kind of inserted into the story, I thought the movie really sailed guys got him perfect wow what a pro <laughs> Leonard i love the pirates of the caribbean type aspect to that i thought that was uh aesthetically what i wanted this to be and i thought there were some big really fun moments the moment when peter pan jumps down and like slices the sail you know like there are some really epic shots in this movie yeah i mean there's like to your point earlier, there's there's Lowry moments where like you go, oh, that's why you get David Lowry. Those kind, yes. of, but they're like there was like five to they're ten. They're never more than like, like ooh, yeah, you know, yeah, but they're never more than forty five seconds long. And so, no, more, never more I than two out, seconds long, maybe. <laughs> right. And so I came out of this really thinking like, why even? I don't know. It was like not really a shot on Lowry, even though I I do think this is kind of a to Brian's point like pandemic slash 80% effort kind of thing. Um, but I also kind of came out thinking like you could have gotten 96% of this movie with like just a, a it's kind of the uh, Ron Livingston sprint commercial paradigm where yes. you go, yes, like why pay David, not that David always that expensive, but why put the prestige of someone like him on something when you could have just done it? You could have shaved something off of this and just done a very capable sure. Disney plus Peter Pan. And well, I think uh, there's a, f- a few reasons. First uh, would be like, I think he was super committed to shooting this on location. And I do think that made a difference. Sure. Uh, the, maybe it's the green Knight locations that he was at that mm-hmm. I felt like he was inspired by. So, okay, let's just do Peter Pan here mm-hmm. in, in sort of this Irish, mountainside type location. I liked that. I think a lot of directors, if Disney just puts out the, the feelers to agencies, Hey, we're doing Peter Pan, send us your directors. I think a lot of directors would say, here's my vision. We go on a green screen and here's, here's the CGI concept art that I have already for it, you know? Mm. And that's the, that's the sale. And they're, Oh yeah, great. Streamline this bad boy out. So I do think we got, some true like I don't know old school movie making with this movie that we might not otherwise get with some of these Disney movies Disney remakes mm. so I think Lowry brought that to the table yeah I could see that I this is not like a wholly unlowried movie or anything like that but I I do it's seventy percent right, Lowry it's seventy that's how I, I felt might lean I might out. lean lower than that I I think you're I think the bigger point. Richard, I, I don't want to speak for you, but but this is I think this has been one of the big problems with these live action remakes that they've done is you know, you hire Guy Ritchie's hit or miss for me, but if you hire Guy Ritchie to do Aladdin, then I expect it to kind of feel like a Guy Ritchie movie and it did not. Yeah. And 
Tim Burton is is no way more missed than hit for me. But it was super disappointing. Yeah, but if you're exactly, and if you're if you know, again, I don't like Tim Burton really very much, especially in whatever year that was. The Dumbo movie came out. I I don't remember anymore. But but if you're gonna make a Tim Burton movie, then let's make it. If you're gonna hire him to do your movie, then let's make it a Tim Burton yeah. Dumbo movie. Um, feel very by committee. These yeah, movies. for sure. And look, I know that that is that's sort of the reputation with Disney with a lot with the MCU movies. I I don't always get that from the MCU. I don't I rarely get that if I'm being. I think there's some real directorial touches in a lot of those movies. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like they're more like quarterly with those though. Like maybe they're not sure. per movie, but like they'll allow a director to like set the tone for the next 5 Marvel movies. Sure. That's or something, true. you know, yeah. they go, oh, yeah. that's good. And then the rest will kind of like, no matter who's directing, will kind of fall in line with that. Whereas right. this just all feels kind of from the get go, a little boilerplate. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's just, that's, that's especially disappointing to me with this movie, just because I love David Lowry. Like again, Guy Ritchie's not really my guy, if you will, but I respect so, what he does. He's, it's just kind of hit or miss for me. David Lowry up to this point, um, even with a movie like Green Knight that I was, I think in the moment I was a little bit perplexed by and wasn't quite as in on as I really wanted to be. But but afterwards, especially, it was like, gosh, this is, it's visually compelling. There's so many great elements of of the Green Knight, even while feeling like it kind of left me a little bit cold. Um, I love David Lowry. And I think he's, he's like I said, he's he's capable of making truly great movies. And so for this to come out and be like, to your point, Ken, I think you're right. Like, look, the location and the, you know, some of these things definitely are, you know, feel of that. I get that. But the movie as a whole just doesn't really embrace what I think of when I think of Lowry and his movies. And so that's especially disappointing. And 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 when you add that to, a, you know, a, a story that I think is, you know, we, what we all said is kind of tired at this point because we get a thousand Peter Pan movies a year. It just, it makes for an uninspiring uh couple hours on on screen i think what let's just maybe in general say that if steven spielberg quote unquote can't do it perfectly then maybe no one can and we should stop trying <laughs> you know sure. yeah like there Let might just be some properties debate. fellas <laughs> that just shouldn't like don't work as big epic live action movies and that's fine you know, let's do something else. I don't, I don't understand the, the Pinocchio is another example. I mean, Del Toro had a really different take on it, mm-hmm. which is why I think it, it resonated, but it's another one that's just something about it. When, when you take it away from that original Disney Jiminy Cricket style, that just doesn't work and we need mm-hmm. to stop trying. So yeah, I, I think there is certainly some of that at play here. Was I on anything with Jude Law in the casting there? Would somebody else have done more for you in that role? I don't know if we've ever talked at length about Jude Law. Um, he's a good actor. I I think I might be lower on him than consensus. It's it's He's had a lot of performances over the years. And I'm like, eh, not really. I don't really get it. I mean, yeah. he's again. He's had some very good performances too. I'm not, I'm not um, trying to to call him a hack or something. Uh, I I just, I'm not sure that he's quite the uh, floor raiser that his reputation might. I feel like he's English Ben Affleck. Be. 
Okay, that's an interesting comparison. All right, I like yeah, that. not does have the directorial wrinkle, but like if it's good, he's good in it. And if it's not, he's not going to make it better. Like he'll just sink to the level of whatever he's in. I did name my son after him because I love right. him that much. No, <laughs> I'm trying to remember but, uh, my most my most memorable Jude Law performances, and it's not a lot come to mind. Maybe Alfie, just the remake of Alfie over and over again on a loop. <sighs> Yeah, I mean Parnassus. Your last party was kind and of and a little bit, a little bit of Parnassus kind of resonated with me. Mister Ripley, he's pretty Mr. good. Mister Ripley, in. AI, Road maybe. to Perdition, a long time ago. I mean, yeah, he's Contagion got two Oscar good. It's not like he's a hack. It's just no, you know, it's he's not somebody that King Arthur. He's good in twenty seventeen. My bad. He was the uh, giant snake. Yeah, he was. He was. The beginning of the giant that. snake universe hasn't gone anywhere yet, unfortunately. Um, thanks, COVID. Uh, He's good in Hugo. He's a yeah. fine Watson, but that's meh. But See, yeah, I, I, I mean, he yeah. was in, The problem was from 2002 to about 2006, he was in 1,600 movies. Right. Um, right. So that was the problem too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. It's just the holiday. He's great in that. It's it's just a, it's sort of a strange. I put it this way: he's not somebody that when you cast him, like oh yes, Jude Law. I'm always like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I guess. I mean, he is great in Hugo. You're right, and and I think that he's probably. I don't know. I don't know how to put that. It's it's a he's a very talented guy who maybe isn't quite as talented as it, it, it maybe isn't talented enough to raise material all that much, um, and. At least in my opinion, I, I was this. I thought he was fine in this. I didn't. Yeah, think I mean, I don't was... think he raised the material at all. I mean, imagine if that role was Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. Yeah, wouldn't that just be so much more than this was? Sure. I feel like that role has so much potential. Such a, yeah. it's kind of got that uh, Captain Jack Sparrow energy to it that you can really kind of take it as weird as you want to go with it, and. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't really lean into that as much. I like the design of it though, and the Captain Hook's hook being like this rusted, uh, you know, fishing hook instead of mm, this sure. shiny thing, like it was in in Hook. So I thought that was a cool decision. Yeah, I like that. I, I character design wise, I thought it was pretty good. And I think you can see the various um, inspirations for that character all combined there, and I think that worked out really well. It's just it's it's a fine performance. It's not it's not really selling the movie and it maybe could have the movie maybe could have used that if we're being honest. Cause it's, there's, there's a kind of a lack of sell, I think across the board. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the end game here for Disney was with this one. Maybe just drive subscriptions to uh, Disney. Was it always Disney plus or was this uh Late, I think probably at the decision. outset when Pete's Dragon did well and they said, yeah. okay, start developing this, it was probably thought to be theatrically. But by the time they yeah. were ready to shoot it, it was a, probably a a done deal that it was just going to be Disney Plus, I would imagine. But like, hey, if you still want to do this, it's going to be Disney Plus, but here's the budget. Because we promised you to this thing, you've been working on it, it's an important property for us to keep relevant for mm. for exactly the reason we were talking about, public domain reasons. So, you know what, Dave, go for it. You know, that's how I kind of feel like they 
Yeah, approach it. I, and I think they I think they want to stay in the David Lowry business. And right, that's part of it too. I mean, you may have a you, there's a world where David Lowry directs a Star Wars at some point or something like that, or at the very yes, least, please. I should say. You want to keep him on the hook if you can. And you don't want to piss him off. Right. Boom. Yeah. Yahtzee. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> We're just killing it tonight. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good idea. If you have any aspiration, if you're Iger or, or you know, previously, Ch- whatever, Chapek, if you have any thought of like, hey, we might let this guy direct Star Wars or, or uh, I don't know, an Iron Man movie or something like that, we but we, we want to keep him around, then, hey, here's a property that he, he seems pretty pretty uh into and and maybe it's a bit of a, pr- a passion project we'll we'll kind of live with it um and yeah this is this is what you get in. they do have to figure out this streaming or no streaming thing it's i i've got to believe that's like very very high on Iger's to-do list like we gotta we gotta we gotta figure out how this works or how it doesn't work because it's annoying to not know like for us whatever we're we're relatively uh connected i guess as far as this stuff goes but for the average movie goer or movie watcher it's it's kind of annoying to not ever know for sure like is it coming to disney plus do i have to go to a theater how does this work i don't i still don't think we totally get how the the business model of that works necessarily um and also except for the visuals can which you're totally right about this makes sense as a disney plus movie because it's it's kind of mid but the back and forth with the Pixar movies and never quite knowing I, I some of that's JPEG for sure but but that's something that Iger's got to get straightened out real fast I think well in terms of what's coming up for these Disney live action adaptations they seem to be cranking them out like a factory at this point we've got another one coming up at the end of this month Little Mermaid uh, May 26th so we'll see how that one does we have Snow White next year Next March with Rachel Zegler. Then we've got Mufasa next July. Uh, Barry Jenkins. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that's good, but hopefully I mean, I love they're Barry letting Jenkins, Barry Jenkins but, go to work on that, you know, because I mean, Barry Jenkins is an incredible director. I would really like for that maybe to break the streak of we're just. We're hiring yes, big name directors please. and then just kind of letting them work in their sleep, I guess. I, I mean, we got to, I expect more from Barry Jenkins. So hopefully we're going to get a better movie than some of these others. <laughs> that Lauren Mermaid trailer is pretty rough, guys. I don't know. I, I, uh, yeah. You know, we're only a month yeah, we away, talk so about, we'll see. But oof, right when you know. think this one has no soul, we're about to be just beat over the head with soullessness in three weeks. I just can't. I don't know. Rob Marshall was certainly a choice. Yeah, that's that's the opposite of hiring a director and then just taking <laughs> Oscar winning, best picture award winning Chicago. <laughs> they can just bring the memoirs of a geisha energy to to it. I think we'll be fine. We'll be good. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know why uh, this one has a TBA release date. I don't know why they're doing this. I mean I do money. Lilo and Stitch, really? Need, what? We need to do yeah, that in live action. Uh, it doesn't. They've been there's been lots of uh there's been casting news and stuff on that. I that's a that's a pass for me personally, but <laughs> I guess <laughs> we'll see what happens it's when Rob Marshall gets the, his hands uh, on it. For know? the young the, the zoomers <laughs> out there, big big Lilo and Stitch fans. I understand it, but I don't know how that one's gonna 
quite translate. Austin Butler's going to do the soundtrack, I think, for that one, and it'll be be great. Gilbert Gottfried as Stitch. No, <laughs> that's too All too right, late. Too late for Hologram that. Oh, uh, we do have a Hercules movie <laughs> with Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Which I think could be fun. Like, I think that's one. Yeah, but just like, okay, that's great. But do, please, just let Guy Ritchie be Guy Ritchie. I don't even, again, I don't even like him that much. But at least he, say what you will about Guy Ritchie, but at least he has an ethos. Yeah, it's, I don't know. This has got to get fixed. They got to, if they're going to, at the end of the day, these are made to make money, and that's the main goal is just to have because Lion King made a billion and a half dollars, so whatever. But and everybody who's not a movie critic liked those movies, you know. So I I I constantly have to kind of remind myself like we're in the minority on these live action Disney movies. Most general audiences, generally speaking, like them and. So it is what it is, but they, at a certain point, they got to start being good. Uh, at least, at so least funny that the the one I'd be least if you told me the slate of these, told me they're doing them. The best one is still the first one. Yeah, Cinderella. Cinderella is great. Pete's Dragon is great, but that's a little bit of a, that's yeah. not quite the same thing. I think yeah, the Jungle Book true. is probably the best one of the bunch for me. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Jungle Book's probably the best overall, but. So that one I would have expected, but it's so crazy that Cinderella yeah. is the second. Cinderella best. was really good. Yeah, I really. Yeah. yeah. Really In hindsight, good. we should all go back and give that a higher grade just for <laughs> yeah being competent, given what we've seen. We're a lower before. grade for starting the trend. That's true. Could be that. Could be that. Yeah, I would say Alice in Wonderland 2010 kind of kicked this off, but Cinderella was certainly. I don't know. The the we're all in on this mm-hmm. uh, sure. on this strategy moment and. Yeah, if we had only known what was to come. Hey, I'm not. I'm just getting started on these ones that are going to come out, guys. We got a hunchback live action one. Black Cauldron. Call cowards, do it, make it happen. I know. We've got a hunchback movie. Uh, to me, oh, that one's boy. another one. Like that could be fun. That? Like that seems like no. easy live action, right? Nobody wants that. Nobody wants because it was about people. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm crazy. It seems hard one to pull off in today's <laughs> world, but oh yeah, that's true. We'll find out. (laughs) We will. Watch that one just be best picture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Brendan Fraser Uh, lunch back. Apparently, apparently for for some reason we're getting a Brian. When you say you know people love this, these movies, they're the reason Mm -hmm. for these. When we ask why, yeah, they're the reason. Tons of money. When you ask why, why are we getting an untitled Cruella sequel? Right. It's because of you. (laughs) Because <laughs> you 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 went and saw it. And you went and saw this movie, and yes. that's what happens. Yeah, yep. yep. They uh, all have. They all do well with audiences, and you know they. I guess they they pay for more Star Wars movies. I don't know. That's, if you don't want these to keep being a thing, don't go see them. Yeah, it's pretty much that easy. <laughs> Hit them in the wallet where it hurts the most. Right. Uh, Let them. I know. said that Peter Pan's most profitable character is Tink. We have a Tink movie, TBA, Tinkerbell, with Reese Witherspoon as a producer on her production company doing it. That's going to just double down on like every, you know, elementary school age girl and younger is going to be Tinkerbell for Halloween. Like Uh that's, that's going to be an easy, easy sell. Sword in the Stone they're doing. A Robin Hood they're doing. I don't know how they're going to do that in live action. 
seen yeah, this is kind of already done it 900 times yeah. yeah a prince anders film from aladdin <laughs> why are they doing a prince anders film it's from because aladdin? of you no it's because of you frozen right not aladdin right i don't know Maybe i'm thinking of somebody else it says Aladdin here, but I guess okay. Prince Anders. Yeah, that would. Be oh, cool. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I totally forgot that bit in uh, Aladdin because Aladdin is a super forgettable movie. Yeah. Uh, Bambi. That just wait for Disney rough, to rip your fast. your kid's heart out uh-huh. in the first yeah. scene of that. It's just yeah, live footage. Who gets to play the hunter that kills Bambi's mom? Billy Bob Thornton. Can you just see Billy Bob Thornton with like a out of the steers nonsense? Like, don't pass. Can't get over here. You don't pass. Just dragging Bambi's mom away by the antlers. Aristocats with Questlove directing. That could be fun. This is too many movies. This is too many. It's too many. You guys projects. did this. You did it. And Moana with the, with Dwayne lot, the Johnson Rock. Today. Starring that one is, as his character. That movie came out seven years ago. Please, let some things be. Let some you know why be. they're doing it? Because the well of Dwayne Johnson relevancy is going to be dry by the time it comes out, so they have to do it now. By the time the nostalgia for Dwayne Johnson comes back around what? on Moana... What if they don't? He's cast gotta him? be so irrelevant. Wouldn't that be he so is. Funny? No, he is casting. No, I think there's still a chance they could pull out of that. It'll be really funny. <laughs> They're gonna cast that Roman Reigns. That would be so funny. <laughs> that would be the ultimate. Is if he did, he didn't even get cast in that. <laughs> he did the voice and was the, the design for the character. Is Maui. <laughs> Jason no, Momoa he just kills him. John Cena. <laughs> What's the Disney conference all the time? Like uh, that they have. When they announce all their movies, um, whatever that's called, it's just all of a sudden all the lights go out and it's just boom. Everyone's like, let's go. <laughs> Moana. Boom. Break the walls down. <laughs> they should do another they should do an Undertaker movie though, for real. Pixar. I think they did one on Netflix. Just come out. No, I know, but I'm saying Pixar. I want the Pixar movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. We do need a Pixar-style WWE movie. <laughs> I would be all in. All right, let's let's grade Peter Pan and Wendy out before we hit weekly recommends, fellas. I'm going to grade this one somewhere between a B minus and a B, so I'm like an 82 on it, something like that. So B minus for me. What about you, Brian? Yeah, exact same. B minus. This will be. This is barely fresh when I put in my Rotten Tomatoes score uh, this is barely fresh for me and still is like the quintessential besides hook the quintessential disney i mean a uh, peter pan remake already it's, yeah, it's a lot <laughs> like if, than a lot if i have a kid and he's like dad i love the peter pan mm-hmm. i want to see what which one should i watch next the, hook and this is what i'll show yeah. him right now then, then you that's it's over after that yeah yes this would be better though if they would have just had the Coldplay soundtrack though. That would have that would have. <laughs> Lights go out and I can't be safe. <laughs> Somebody cut that together. I thought the amount of shanties would bring this up at least a letter grade for you, Brian. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go B minus as well. I was thrilled a couple times. And maybe in a theater that that would have weighed heavier, but uh, I was bored a lot too. So B minus. Yeah, I thought the Lost Boys could have been done better too. 
Yeah, it feels like yeah. they're barely the even way the movie. hook one did, yeah. like all the forts and stuff, was so good. I would have loved to have seen like the world of the Lost Boys explored a little bit more. But mm-hmm. let's do a movie called The Lost Boys. How about that? What about the Lost yeah. Boys? Not not the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're in Neverland. Like Tinkerbell. We need a Tinkerbell movie. So, like I, I, I would see a Lost yeah. Boys movie. Like that would be that be really sounds fun. Yeah. I think Let's Hook pitch has it. a lot of that, though, too. All right. Hook has a lot of, of Lost Boys to it. And those are the best parts. That's true. All right. Let's uh, hit a weekly recommend. Weekly recommend. What you got for us this week, Brian? Yeah, I already kind of teased it. A uh, little show. It's based on a comic book series. Um, that I think Netflix first season was 2021. It's called Sweet Tooth. Um, it's a very... It's kind of a quirky, weird, uh, post-apocalyptic kind of show. It's um, ten years after a some sort of plague has destroyed the world, but as a result of the plague, a lot of the children, or maybe all the children that are born, are born as hybrids. These like half human, half animal creature things. Um, so, like the main character is like half human, half deer. And it's really weird and uh, and strange, but it it's the show's got a lot of heart to it. It's really it's really quirky and sweet and and well done. And I mentioned our boy Forte is uh, is a character. He, he's uh, in the pilot, and then he pops up in flashbacks throughout the course of uh, of the show. But season two just dropped uh, last week. About halfway through it, it's eight episodes a season. It's it's uh, it's a pretty easy. Easy watch. It's pretty fun, and and uh, and and does a good job of having this like sort of. Uh, it's it's sort of the antithesis of like The Last of Us, which is um, has some hope mixed into this just unrelentingly bleak world that uh, that our characters are working in. This is sort of the opposite. It's like a <clears throat> it's a bleak world, but the the kind of sweet and and uh, charm of it comes through in everything that's happening so it's a fun watch and hopefully the hopefully the second half of season two doesn't disappoint i don't have to retract this uh recommend when we come back in next week what's uh <laughs> sweet tooth season season two now on on netflix no idea if it's getting picked up for a third season or if it ends on a cliffhanger or anything like that so if it does that's not on me uh i no it so is I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far it's on you okay that's fair that's fair too. <laughs> richard what you got yeah, I've got a book out this week. Um, this is definitely a Brian book, I think. Uh, it's called Look For Me There. It's by uh, Luke Russert, who was Tim Russert's son, mm-hmm. um, former Meet the Press host. So it's about ah, kind of leaving the American the, treasure, the, Tim Russert. Yeah, Tim Russert rule. Um, it's about kind of following his dad's footsteps and kind of suddenly quitting his job and traveling the world, trying to find kind of solace in his dad's death and kind of belated grieving. Um, look for me there. The title is where they would always meet at baseball games. So if you, if we get separated, look for me there, you know, at that spot is where we'll mm-hmm. meet and all that. So I'm um, really kind of a cool father son uh, memoir, nice. even though, uh, you know, the father's no longer with us, even as the book starts, but uh but yeah, it's it's also a great kind of travel log because I mean he literally traveled the entire world. It seems like uh, so it's it's a lot of different things. But Luke Russell's a cool guy. 
uh, Kornheiser guy. So, you know, we ride for those and, uh, and, um, you know, his dad was certainly a, a, a big player, um, and kind of a really missed factor in American politics, I think. And, uh, I think, I think you'd both enjoy it, but it's definitely a big Brian recommend for nice. sure. For sure. I'll give that a try. That sounds good. Love it. Love Russell. I am going to recommend a T another turn off your brain TV show, fellas. These are my favorite kinds of shows. I need Put one it on the background. Unwind from a long day. Maybe you need, you know, I, I qualify this show as kind of meditative, to be honest. It's how it's made, fellas. Oh, yeah. Had this yeah. one on in the background uh, prepping for the draft this past week. It was the most soothing experience to watch <laughs> factories making products. And it was like borderline ASMR, like mm-hmm. like serotonin hit uh, with it. So if you ever, uh, you know, want something soothing to uh, take your mind off things, well, how it's made. Check that out. Science Channel nice. for you. Just watch watch some uh you know some eyeglasses being shaped you know with a machine or maybe uh, some ceramic tiles being poured you know it's very soothing love it nice how it's made and the narration guys I want that job <laughs> then they pour it into the extruder classic all right hey one thing I want to do before we get out of here I mentioned it off the top the Mount Rushmore of ma'am directors. I have my own list of who that would be. And Lowry's on it. Who, who do you think would be the ma'am Mount Rushmore of directors? I would say best Dave Chappelle as Dylon. Um, Lowry, 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 and Lowry. I would say Lettier, 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 because he shoots hot fire. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You're saying this about a man who's literally about to ruin fast during the last <laughs> Or movie. make it great. Or make it great again. Yes. The <laughs> odds that that one's the worst one are like pretty very high. high at this point. Yeah. yeah. Pretty high. Pretty high. But the spinning camera might add to the uh, whatever yeah. they're doing. That, you know? Yeah. You put that thing on a charger. Who knows right. what could happen? Yeah. What What about spinning camera on a Pontiac in space? You telling me that wouldn't be better? Might be. <laughs> could be better. My list, tell me if you disagree, is Lowry, Chloe, Gerwig, and Denny. Like, uh, I feel like yeah, those I mean, are the those are the ma'am, like the ones we've the collective discovered the and kind of championed okay. from the outset that we can claim, essentially. Okay. Yeah, I can go with that. So you're saying we could not have claimed Spielberg or Fincher or Scorsese? We can, but I feel like we might have us. some cease and desist coming our way <laughs> if they went okay. back and, and look at look at the evidence okay. and the record. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty good list. It's a pretty good list. I like that. Yeah, maybe it's great, Giselle it's a great amount. somewhere. Who? Yeah, Chazelle. Yeah, your guy. Chazelle? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. We were we were pretty in on Chazelle. I feel like Denny from the outset when we all when we reviewed prisoners, we were all like. Just wait for this guy. Just wait. You know, <laughs> like we could all sense that this guy was going to be somebody to be reckoned with. Sure. We're right so far. So we'll take that. Uh, speaking of, Dune trailer dropped today, Brian. Did you watch it? Or it's going to drop tomorrow? I haven't tomorrow? seen it yet. There's only a teaser today. I think the trailer comes tomorrow. I've gotten right. to where I don't watch trailers anymore unless I'm in, like, I, if I'm in the theater, I don't 
It's not like I run out like, no, I you know, I haven't seen this yet, but I don't, I'll make exceptions for like a star Wars trailer, but for the most part, I don't seek them out unless, unless our friend Tanner cut the trailer, then I will to support her. But otherwise I just kind of let it, I let it pop up in the theater generally. And I'm like, Oh cool. This looks awesome. Uh, rather than seek it out beforehand. Cause I'm going to see it a thousand times anyway, you know? Uh, so especially if it gets picked up on like, if Dune is the official movie of the NBA in November, um, I'll see that trailer four billion times. Like I saw the Evil Dead. freaking Evil Dead Rise trailer a billion times over the last couple of weeks. That was a terrible experience. Did not enjoy. Uh, the irony yeah. of the official movie of the NBA being called Evil Dead Rise is so funny. <laughs> I hate it. I, it's about David Stern, I guess. So, yes. Uh, but, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> He's missed and you know it. <laughs> I know it. I know. Just... <laughs> Donald come back but be just a little less racist that's all. <laughs> tough L for us in um, 2000s <laughs> 90s and 2000s we were so excited yeah. for Adam Silver and look where we are now <laughs> You're up all right more conversation <laughs> coming from us this week in the VIP feed so we're headed to the after party there join us at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP thanks for being here we'll be back next week with Guardians Talk I'm out about movies. We love you. Mm. See you at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya, your salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.